Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Aren't you thankful to be in the presence of the Lord today? The prophet said in Isaiah 40 and 31, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We have a promise from heaven that everything is going to be all right. Hebrews 10 and 37 says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. We have a hope to look forward to today that Jesus is coming back. And his return is sooner than what it was before. And I'm looking for him to come back. Amen. And it is a joy to be back in the service of the Lord. So great to see each and every one of you. We just give God praise for what He is doing. And so thankful to be preaching this life changing gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to open and read from the book of St. Luke, the 11th chapter. And we're going to begin at the 14th verse. And we're going to read down to verse number 22. St. Luke chapter 11, verse number 14. And as you're turning there, we want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Boyd. Thankful that my wife and son are with me today. And thankful for each and every one that's here. I just believe that God wants to bless every individual in this room in a special way. And so let's turn to Luke 11 and 14. And the Bible tells us this, speaking of Jesus, says that he was casting out a devil and it was dumb. And it came to pass that when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake and the people wondered. But some of them said he casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. 
here, Jesus said, there's a strong man that takes what's not his. But the score is now made better when a stronger than the strong man comes and returns everything that was taken. I want to preach to us today on this subject, the strong man's eviction notice. The strong man's eviction notice notice. Can we lift our hands high to heaven? Let's raise our voices and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we know that you want to do a work in the house today. God, we pray your anointing would begin to flow. God, let it begin to permeate the atmosphere. And every adversary, every stronghold of the enemy, let it be torn down. And let the windows of heaven be open and the blessings of God be loose. Lord, let there be fresh encouragement and joy and peace. That would begin to flow through this sanctuary. And God, we give you all praise, all glory, and all honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Well, we live in a world that is full of hurt and hardships and heartache. One really doesn't have to look very far to see jails that are filled to capacity, homes that are divided with broken families, marriages that have completely crumbled and collapsed. And while we know our decisions and our choices that we make play a factor in the outcome of our lives, we are also aware that at the very root of the problem lies an enemy. His title is the father of all liars. His job description is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is the adversary that tries to confuse our conscience. He will try to frazzle our faith and even try to shatter our spirit. No wonder the Bible tells us he's the strong man that would try to bind us up. In this 11th chapter of the Gospel of St. Luke, we find Jesus ministering. And while he is speaking to the people, there is a man that is presented before him that is dumb. Now, we have to take a moment and define this word dumb. When it says that, it does not mean that he's unintelligent. It does not mean that he's foolish or uneducated or unwise. But when it says that he is dumb, it's meaning that he is silent. He is speechless. He's unable to open up his mouth and communicate. And so when this man comes to where Jesus is, he recognizes right out the gate that there's a spiritual problem at play. Now we know that not every sickness is spiritual. Sometimes you have a headache. Because you've been looking at your phone way too long. Sometimes the reason your back is hurting because you've worked all day. Sometimes the reason why your stomach is in knots, you ate too much pepperoni pizza on Saturday night. Uh, Not every sickness is spiritual. But in this particular case, when this man came to where Jesus was, he recognizes instantaneously and immediately that this man is being bound up by a spirit. 
It's the strong man that is messing with his mind, messing with his emotions, and messing with his voice. I find it very interesting that the work of the enemy was trying to silence this man's voice. The adversary was trying to mute his mouth. He was trying to make his voice void. And that is how the devil works. He knows if he can stop us from lifting our voice in prayer, if he can stop us from lifting our voice in praise and worship, then he has us right where he wants us. If he can convince us just to be quiet, sit on the sideline, go through the motions and deal with the day, then he has won the day. Uh, but it was the psalmist that wrote in the 34th Psalm. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. We praise when we lift our hands. We praise when we clap our hands. We praise when we dance and rejoice and run. But there is something special when we can raise our voice and begin to praise the name of the Lord. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm driving in the car, I just start saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being better to me than I've been to myself. Thank you for watching over me and keeping me. Thank you for providing for me and protecting me. And it's not long before Jesus is riding in the car beside me. Even when we're at home, you can just lift your voice and say, hallelujah. And the same power we feel in the sanctuaries, the same power we can feel in our home. There's something to be said about lifting our voice and praise and worship to the Lord. It wasn't long ago we were in a service. And in this service, the Spirit of God began to move. And people began to leave their seats and come to the front and worship and thanksgiving to God. I was kind of scanning the crowd and the congregation and I looked and on the left-hand side in the back there was this young boy maybe 8 or 9 years old and he was real interested in what was going on he was watching as people were coming to the front and he was standing next to his dad or so I assumed and he kept pointing towards the altar area it became very apparent this young man wanted to go down to the front. You could almost read it in his body language. He, he was so wanting to go and pray and feel what everybody else was feeling. But just as easy as it was to read the boy, it was just as easy to read the dad. Because the dad had his arms folded and his eyes were droopy. And it became very apparent he had no desire to come to the altar whatsoever. But there's something about kids. They can be persistent. And I just kind of almost started to laugh to myself as this boy was relentless. He kept tapping his dad and started pulling at his shirt and pointing to the front over and over again. His dad was trying his best to not pay any attention to him until finally the moment broke him. You kind of tell the moment when a parent breaks. All right. All right. And I kind of watched. He broke. And so they started walking to the front. 
And so already they've got my attention. And so they get near the altar area and I start walking towards this young boy. And I notice he's got some kind of device on his ear. About the time that I'm walking towards him, the pastor kind of cuts me off. And uh, he says, brother, I want you to help me pray for this boy that come down to the altar. He said he is deaf and he's also mute. He's never been able to speak one word in all of his life. Uh, but they've got this device that they purchase and it's really helping him to hear. He can hear a lot of words and a lot of sounds now, but he's still not able to talk. He said, I just want to give you a heads up. The dad's not real into church. And I thought, I can read that before you had to tell me. <laughs> so I walk over and you talk about wide open. This boy's wide open. He's ready to pray. He's ready to experience God. And so uh, together with some of the ministers, we go to where they're standing and almost sounded kind of foolish in my mind. I said, God wants to bless you. And if you can't speak it, you can think it in your mind. Think how good God is. And just raise your hands to heaven. And God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And when God fills you with the Holy Ghost, you'll speak in other tongues. About the time I said that, Dad goes, Puh! First, there's nothing that builds your faith than somebody going, Huh? Huh? So I'm trying my best to lock in with the Lord. And here with some of the other preachers, we started praying for this young man. And as we started praying for him, would you believe that the power and presence of God began to move upon that young child? And I watched as tears began to well up in his eyes. And they began to stream down his face. And it wasn't long before that boy's hands started shaking. He was feeling the touch of the Holy Ghost. And we're there worshiping, magnifying Jesus, and lifting up the name of the Lord. And all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Ghost fell. And that young boy just went back and start, ba -da -ba 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 -ba, start speaking in tongues. And it was no doubt that God just filled him with the Holy Ghost. About the time that happened, Dad got his arms unfolded. He got real serious. He said, what did you just do to my son? He's never been able to speak. I said, well, I don't think it was anything that we did, but there was somebody that's stronger than any condition. There's somebody stronger than any disability. He's greater, he's grander than anything that we face, any crisis, any circumstance that we are dealing with. And when it happened that moment, there was no doubt what God had just done. And just like he did it for that young man, it's exactly what he did in Luke chapter 11. This man comes and everybody knows that he is mute. Everybody knows that he cannot speak. Everybody knows and is aware that he cannot communicate. But Jesus began to pray. And when Jesus began to pray, the Bible says that man's tongue was loosed. And he was no longer bound up. And he began to raise his voice and began to glorify God. The problem was is that there were those that were in constant opposition to Jesus. 
there were those in the auditorium that day that were not fans of the Lord. They would do their level best to try to discredit or belittle anything that Jesus did. But now they've got themselves in a precarious position. Jesus just prayed for this man and everybody heard him speak. They saw it with their eyes. They heard it with their ears. There's an old song that says, I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know. They were there. The people saw it. The people heard it. You can't convince them otherwise something happened to that man. And so they're trying to figure out a solution. They're trying to think of some kind of reply. And finally, not knowing what else to say, they said, well, uh, well, he cast out devils through Beelzebub. The reason why he did that, the reason why he cast out the devil, because he's the devil. You could just see it. You can't you just see the expressions on the people's faces. He cast out devils because he is the devil. Now, Mama didn't raise a brain surgeon, but she didn't raise a fool either. That doesn't make any sense. Even Jesus kind of stopped and said, that doesn't even make any lick of sense. How can the devil cast out the devil? How can a kingdom divided against itself stand? That doesn't put that doesn't make any sense. He said, if I cast out devils by Beelzebub, how can the devil defeat the devil? But he said, consider with me for a moment that maybe, just maybe, it was the finger of God that came down just a minute ago. It wasn't emotionalism. It wasn't some kind of radical manipulation. Maybe it was the Lord that just stepped in and he just healed this man and brought him into a place of miraculous power. He said, if it was I with the finger of God that just did it, then who do your sons cast out devils by? See this little line that Jesus said, You can pass over it if you're not careful. But Jesus was referring to something that happened in Jewish history. And you saw it over and over again. We even find in the scriptures in Acts chapter 19. There were people that would try to always cast out spirits. They were self-proclaimed exorcists. And Acts 19 tells us there was a group that did this that were known as the sons of Sceva. And they would go looking for devils. The Bible tells us in Acts 19 and 13, they took it upon themselves to go search for spirits. Now we know that we have power to overcome spirits. We don't have to succumb to the temptation and the manipulation of the devil. We can pray the prayer of faith and we can resist the enemy and the devil has got to go. But that's totally different than looking for devils to try to cast them out. I'm willing to cast them out, but I don't want to go on some kind of ghost chase looking for spirits. And sometimes you have to be careful because if you go looking for evil spirits, you better watch out because you're liable to find them. 
That's why if somebody wants to have a seance, I'm not interested in having a seance. If you want to play with a Ouija board, I'm not interested in playing with a Ouija board. You start summoning something up, you're trying to summon some kind of spirit, you better watch out. Better be careful. Better be cautious because that spirit's liable to show up. And these sons of Sceva were going around trying to find spirits. And just so happened, they found a man that was possessed. They found a man that was being tormented in his mind. And so they nonchalantly went towards him. And said, we adjure thee by Jesus, who Paul preaches. Come out of him. And would you believe the devil inside that man spoke back and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But Hot Rod, I don't know who you are. They tried to come up with charisma and intellect they tried to use their abilities and their education and their vocabulary they tried to use fancy speech and write words and alliteration to cast out the devil but you can't evict the strong man through your vocabulary you can't get rid of the devil because you got a little charisma and personality they tried to do that but the man spoke back and said Jesus I know and Paul I know but I don't know who you are and the devil inside that man the scripture says jumped out and leaped on those sons of Sceva and they ran away embarrassed afraid and ashamed you know what they were doing wrong they were trying to evict the strong man without proper notice You've got to do it how God says to do it. You can't do it the way you think it should happen. You've got to do it the way God says it has to happen. And so we see in Acts 19 what happens if you don't do it the right way. But if you back up three chapters previous in Acts chapter 16, we see how Paul dealt with this situation. And here in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, we find Paul was going about preaching and establishing churches and developing ministers. And while he was conducting his ministry, it tells us that there was a certain damsel, a certain young lady that was possessed with the spirit of divination. And she began to follow Paul around and began to mock and ridicule and say, Come here, this great man of God. She didn't mean it as a compliment. She was doing it to try to mess with them. Doing it trying to create a scene. That's how the enemy works. Create a scene. Get everybody worked up about nothing. And then steal the show. Here this girl was going. And not just in one place. She was following him to other towns. She was following him into other cities. She was following him to other synagogues. Until finally, we find Paul had enough. Sometimes you've got to reach a place where you say enough is enough. I'm dealing with this and I'm tired of dealing with it. 
And Paul reached his breaking point. And he stopped even walking down the street. He stopped in his tracks. And he turned around to this young girl. And he said, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And in a snap of a finger, in the blink of an eye, in one moment, that girl was in her right mind. She was no longer possessed by a spirit. She was no longer tormented by a devil. In one second, she was completely delivered and set free. What happened and what was the difference between Acts 19 and Acts 16? Acts 19, they tried to do it within their own selves. But in Acts 16, Paul knew it's not in me to get rid of that strong man. There's got to be somebody greater than the strong man. And 1 John 4, 2 says, Greater is he that lives in you than he that is in the world. We can't do it through our money. We can't do it through our finances. We can't do it through organizational structures. But if you want to evict the strong man, you've got to have somebody stronger than the strong man. There's somebody living inside of us. The power of the Holy Ghost that's inside of you is able to defeat the adversary of our souls. Huh? And when Paul spoke, it wasn't Paul that was speaking. It was the Holy Ghost inside of Paul. It was God in, in us, the hope of glory that got rid of that strong man. Sometimes you have to reach a place where you say, I'm not taking the devil's junk any longer. I feel it today on a Sunday morning at the adversaries trying to walk everywhere we walk. He's trying to go everywhere we go. He's trying to intimidate. He's trying to bully. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He's trying to mess with you at home. He's trying to mess with you in the store. He's trying to mess with you on the job. And you know what? He's trying to mess with you in the church even right now. And you got to reach a place where you say, no, no, no. He's not going to do it any longer. you got to make a declaration and a proclamation that says he is not going to breach my blessings. He's not going to control my children. He's not going to dwell in my destiny. He's not going to hover in my house. He's not going to meddle in my marriage. He's not going to possess my praise. He's not going to reside under my roof. He's not going to stay in my story. He's not going to trash my testimony. He's not going to vandalize my victory. He's not going to wreck my world. Greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I have power over him. I have victory over him. I have deliverance over him. He's not going to push us in a corner. He's not going to mess with our emotions. He's not the victor. He's the one that's been defeated. I'm going to put him on notice. Hallelujah. Uh, we don't need to give him 30 days. He doesn't deserve 30 seconds. Uh, I'm putting you on notice. You've got to go. You're not welcome in my home, not welcome in my house, not welcome in my vehicle, not welcome in my family, not welcome in my church, not welcome in my community. We're putting you on notice. But just know when you do that, you're going to stir something up.
Because when Paul evicted that spirit out of that girl, the scripture tells us that there were those that were using that girl for gain and for money and for prosperity. See, if you really look at the situation, it's not the problem that you see. It's the ones behind the scenes that's pulling the strings. And when you get them all riled up, they went to the city and they went to the rulers and the leaders and say, we got to get rid of Paul. They're messing with our money. Uh, they're causing damage and, and they're messing with people psychologically and isn't that something? Paul got rid of a spirit, and they said, I can't believe you would be that mean. God will set people free. He will deliver those that are bound on drugs, that are addicted to alcohol, and they can be delivered and set free. And some people say, wow, I've never seen such manipulation." How could you get mad at somebody that's helping others' lives? But that's what they did in Acts 16. They took Paul and Silas and they said, we're going to throw them in jail. We're going to cast them into the inner prison. And they did exactly that. They didn't just throw them in jail, but they beat them and they bruised them. Their bodies were tired and weary. Their clothes were ripped up. Black eyes and in pain and hurt and agony. And now... To make matters worse, they're in a jail cell. Every reason to be upset. Every reason to be discouraged. Every reason to be disappointed and to question God. Why did you allow this to happen? Why did this transpire? Why did this take place? You would have thought they would have been in such a state of discouragement. But the word of the Lord tells us at midnight, while they were in prison, I don't know if they could see one another or just hear each other, but Paul turned to Silas, and Silas turned to Paul and said, what do you want to do? And they said, let's sing, and let's sing praises to God. They say, you know what we're going to do? They got our hands bound and they got our feet bound. But they didn't put anything over our mouth. And we still can praise the Lord with our hands shackled and our feet in chains. And they began to pray and they began to sing praises to God. I don't know what song they started singing. Maybe they started singing, Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Maybe they went real old school and say, Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. I don't know what they started singing, but when they started singing, something started happening. The earth started to shake, and the prison cells started to open up. You know what had happened previous? Paul had evicted the strong man. And when you evict the strong man out of your life, it does not matter where you are. doesn't matter what valley you're walking through. doesn't matter how dark the night may seem to be. 
David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Hallelujah. Once you evict the strong man, you can have victory in every area of your life. You can have joy when you really should be sad. You can have peace when you should be confused. You can be encouraged when you should be discouraged. You can be content when you should be disappointed. When you evict the strong man, you have power to live above sin, power to overcome temptation, power to stay full of the Holy Ghost, power to have peace that passes all understanding, power to have joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. You just got to put the strong man on notice and say you're going to be evicted discouragement, we're putting you on notice. You're going to be evicted. Fear, we're going to put you on notice. You've just been evicted. Disappointment, we're putting you on notice. You've just been evicted. Sickness, we're putting you on notice. You've just been evicted. Diseases, we're putting you on notice. You've just been evicted. I wonder if somebody can lift your hands high to heaven with me as the music comes. Why don't you give a proclamation to heaven right now? Jesus, we declare your power. Jesus, we declare your victory. Jesus, we declare your deliverance right now. Come on, brothers and sisters, why don't you raise your voice with me for a moment? Hallelujah, God, we know there's no, you have all power in heaven and in earth. There is nobody too great. There is nobody too strong. There is nothing too evil, nothing too vile, nothing too wicked that you cannot show up and give us back everything that the strong man has taken. God, restore the joy of our salvation. Restore the fire of the Holy Ghost. Restore, restore the passion of the Spirit. Restore our worship, our praise, our thanksgiving to you. Don't let the enemy steal it. Don't let the enemy diminish it. Don't let the enemy put it out. God, let it rise today. Yeah. Oh, could we stand all across the house? Oh, hallelujah. Woo, I feel his presence here today. I wonder today as every head is bowed, every eye is closed with nobody looking around. There's a song that says, don't let the devil ride. Because if you let him ride, he'll want to drive. And if you let him start driving, he's going to take you too far. Today, I felt it in prayer last night and again today. Don't let the enemy in. He's not steering your life. Don't let fear in. Don't let discouragement in. Don't let the systems of the world weigh you down. Hallelujah. There's somebody stronger than the strong man. And he can answer every prayer. He can supply every need. And he can fix every crisis, every situation, every circumstance that we are in. Could you open your heart to the Lord for a moment right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand in the gap and we rebuke the devourer. 
we bind the adversary. We take authority over the prince and the power of the air. Hallelujah. You are already defeated. You are under our feet. The God of peace is going to bruise Satan under our feet shortly. God, I pray that it would go back to every home. I pray it would go with every family. I pray it would go in every vehicle. I pray it would go on every job site. The power and presence of the Lord would begin to go. And God, we would know without a shadow of a doubt that greater is he that lives in us. Greater is he that lives in me. Greater is he that is inside of us than he that is in the world. Oh, hallelujah, I pray it in Jesus' name all across this house. In the name of the Lord. Can we find a place of prayer today? Can we make a proclamation to heaven? You know what you've been facing. We're not all faced with the same thing. But somebody today, you need to write up an eviction notice. And say, I'm sorry, but it's time to go. I've let you live way too long. You've been dwelling way too long in my mind, way too long in my heart. You got to go. You got to go. You got to go. I feel it. Something's happening right now. I don't know if you can sense what I'm sensing. There is something is transpiring right now. I can feel it leaving. I feel God coming down. I feel the visitation of the Spirit. I feel the Holy Ghost beginning to flow. Come on, let's take a few moments. Hi-ya-ya, let God do it. Let God do it. He's the one that can make it happen. He's the one that can make the impossibility a reality. In the name of the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.